Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and I've got my, I just turned the ringer off on my phone. I've got a cup of hot tea. Anything else I, you think I need, Patrick? Uh, what kind of tea is it? Is it's it a the fr- throat, mate? Uh, no, throat coat, the best. Oh, are you, a little under, are you under the weather? No, not at all, weather? but it's just that nice throat coat. It feels good. I should mention that my first, gives- my first guest is Patrick Albanese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, is the throat coat what gives you those those dulcet tones? Yes, <laughs> it's exactly wow. exactly what it does. But anyway, yeah, I'm, yeah. I remember uh, remember Don LaFontaine did all the in a world in a world and uh, one man. Yeah, and people people asked him how he developed his voice, and I think he said it was three packs of cigarettes a day. <laughs> I think you're so, right. Yeah, but it yeah you know, it paid off. Yeah, so, it did pay off. You know. All right, I want yeah. to talk a little bit about so throat coat. Yeah, a little bit about give hope for Christmas. Um, you obviously can't change maybe someone's journey, but you can encourage them in it. So let's pray to see how you might be the hands and feet of Jesus this Christmas, and let Faith Radio know of the need so they might be blessed with a Visa gift card. You can give hope for Christmas at myfaithradio.com. And Patrick, I've got a couple of uh, nominating stories here that I think would be kind of. Uh, Good to talk about. So, so now, how do you become a nominating story? I mean, do you have to have somebody nominate you? Can you nominate yourself? Is it? Uh, I think. Is it just? I mean. Yeah, uh, I think it's. Yeah. We're encouraging people to nominate somebody because you probably know someone who might be in a very challenged position, and we're just trying to uh, hear the need. That's all. Yeah, uh, maybe somebody. Well, what are we? Two weeks away from Christmas. Uh, officially as of today, right? And yeah. uh, there might be some people saying, you know, are we going to have a Christmas this year? And what do you mean by and that, though, too? So, What do you mean by that? Are we going to have yeah. a Christmas? Maybe that's question well, one. Well, um, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you should mention that because on my next door neighbor app, which I normally, I, I, I have a, I don't care about this app that much relationship with it just because it's, you know, seems to be neighbors complaining about neighbors. Mm-hmm. You know, you used to you used to go knock on the door and say, "Could you hold it down here a little bit?" And now, you just get on the internet and said, "Whoever lives in the middle of Clark Street, <laughs> knock it off." <laughs> <laughs> but occasionally, somebody says, "Hey, it's it's looking pretty peaked, and I just want to provide a dinner for my family." Okay. And I so I saw on the next door neighbor app people reaching out saying I got an extra turkey I got this I got side dishes I got stuff we will come over and so it became this neighborhood you say this is how things are supposed to work this is nice yeah it is nice yeah yeah and quickly followed up by please hold it down not too much noise <laughs> <laughs> well here are a couple of so no- is this the same thing yeah yeah I hear a couple of nominations that have come in um. Let's see, uh, Sarah and her family uh, have had a really tough year, um, longer than just a year since losing uh, their mom in October of 2022, and her husband lost 
uh, his job several months ago, and uh, the emotional and financial toll has been overwhelming. They have four kids, uh, two adult children, one in college, one daughter still at home. Um, Christmas is coming, and I'd love for them to get a bit of financial relaxing and gathering with their family, even if it's only for one meal or just to enjoy their kids at home for a few days. So that's a lovely nomination. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, so now how does it work? You don't, you know, people don't vote on these, right? Because it's not like there's one, one person receives a, the visa gift card. You have multiple people can receive this gift card, can't they? You know, I don't know exactly it, what the number is. Um, I was hoping you yeah. weren't going to ask any follow-up questions. And now you've well, gone ahead difficult. and exposed me for not knowing what the answer is. Well, Wyatt will know, right? Wyatt usually knows. I don't know everything, yeah. Patrick. No, I, I, know you think I, that, I know you think I do. Is that your way of saying you don't have the answer to that question? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fancy way of saying it. Yeah. The point, okay. the point well, is we're trying to give hope is. for Christmas, and we're trying to encourage someone. If oh, you okay. know someone to nominate, you can go to MyFaithRadio.com. We've got a... Give hope for Christmas uh, right there at, at myfaithradio.com. So I'm just trying to add this some inspiration. Cool. Yeah. I'm thinking about nominating you because the spring in your garage door just broke, and that's like 300 bucks, isn't it? Yeah, three to 400. Yeah. And so, of course, now you know me uh, uh, because I, I have a tendency, I could be, uh, how, what's the word? Cheap. I'm not sure if that's. <laughs> but the guy came over. And he said, oh, those, you know what? I don't carry those springs on my truck. We're going to have to order those. Okay, so we're going to have to go three, four, five days without the garage door. He's like, no, 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 I can, I can rig that spring to work. <laughs> whoa, and he whoa, put whoa. some sort of, he probably, that's exactly <laughs> what I said. <laughs> I said, hang on a second. Are you telling me there's a cheap way out of this? <laughs> so he put a very fancy clamp on it and uh, now the garage door works until the real springs come in and of course i don't know if you remember about a year ago my furnace went out and they come in and they say well uh uh, we got to order the furnace and you got to get a new furnace and it's five thousand dollars and we'll give you some portable space heaters and i got the portable space heaters and in the meantime with a little bit of help of the internet i discovered that i could convince my furnace to continue working with the use of a paper clip <laughs> that I used to to jump two wires. Basically, I jumped a safety switch. So don't do this, ladies and gentlemen at home. But trust me when I say that the three-cent paper clip solution that worked for a couple of days, I just I would you know warm the house up for 15 minutes and watch it carefully to make sure nothing caught on fire. But I thought to myself, I could sit down here by the furnace and save $5,000. Mm. And I could pray, you know, I only have to do it for like three, four months of the year. Really, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm thinking the same thing with the clamp on my garage door spring. I like that. I mean, didn't, yeah. the, didn't the Fonz just hit the jukebox with his fist and then all of a sudden it worked? It, it was amazing. Yeah, he could, uh, he, he, he just punched it. And not only did it work, but it played whatever song he wanted. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that was he was the Fonz. It's Fonz. hard to see him. In, it's hard to see him in TV commercials now, where he's complaining about you know rickets and shingles and whatever else. You go, you're the Fonz. <laughs> Can't I know. you just 
snap your fingers and it goes away. Yeah. You know, but yeah. So here's another, uh, so you can't, yeah, don't, don't nominate me for a garage door spray. I don't plan to. I want the, I, these I people that, okay. Yeah. I don't plan you to nominate you it. and I don't No, I don't okay. plan to send you any money just so you know. Um, I got you, but so what you're, what you're saying is this, it's, it's the thought that counts and you thought about it and rejected it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So here's another okay. submission that was made, Patrick Albanese. Uh, it's been a hard six months. Financially, my husband's been in and out of the hospital with something we finally got a well, diagnosis for after uh, I had to admit him to the hospital. He was there for two weeks and we learned that he had an extreme depression, psychosis, and catatonia diagnosis. So there's all kinds of issues there. Um, and wow. please, please pray for us. It's been a time of uh, truly giving our worries to God and learning to have faith that God truly has a plan for us. You know, it doesn't take doesn't take long or too many circumstances to get upside down uh, in finances, upside down in um, your caring for your home and caring for your loved ones. Mm -hmm. it, it can happen quickly. Or what? Just uh, one health issue. Yeah. You know, I've got my year, I've got my yearly physical coming up and you know how guys like me, I'm like you, you worry like crazy. You say, yeah. oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, last year, what did he say? He said I was suffering from too much moderation and that I had to cut back. <laughs> so <laughs> I, <laughs> I sent yeah, you this year. They're going to give me, they're going to give me a strength test. Okay. And I thought they were going to, I thought I would have to lift weights. Instead, they want me to open the Ziploc closure on a bag of cheese and I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> mm, you, so, I, sent, anyway, I, sent, I sent you a quote from Dr. Jonathan Lehman and it said, being a dad, smiling and playing with the kids like nothing's wrong, even though your head is filled with burdens at work, church, home, and beyond. Yes. And you made me think of It's a Wonderful Life of uh, just this scene that wrecked me where George Bailey and he, he's lashing about out oh, the pressure's getting to him. He's going to go to jail. The savings and loan is gone. He's thinking this is before Clarence shows up. I think it's before he runs to the river, but, um, and he's being a little bit harsh on his kids. And then all of a sudden just out of the blue, he grabs one of them and he's crying and he's hugging the kid. Like it's, it's his only lifeline, mm -hmm. but it's, he doesn't want his son to really know it's like nobody knows what everything that's going on that he's dealing with. He just, he, he was of that era where it's like, you didn't share it. Now, you and I talk about this out with our, our, our mothers where as you got older, you would sometimes find out some of the trials and tribulations our, that our mothers had when they were younger. And you say, you never told me this stuff. I know. And they said, well, that just wasn't what we did. Yeah. It was in the vault. We, it never came out. It was in the vault. Now people get a TikTok account and say, let me tell you everything going on. Mm -hmm. But it was a different generation. And, and, and I don't know if it's better to let some of it out. I certainly don't think all of it. But you know, I, I think of that scene with George Bailey and, and, and how keeping it all in was just it was painful. Yeah. I, I don't and know. The if older I, I get, yeah, I see that scene and it's harder and harder on me. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if I recall that particular scene. I've, I've only seen the movie 91 times. Well, you know something. I believe that the your the recall kind of kicks in around one oh two. Okay. No, I do. Did I do. you watch uh, the uh, black and white or the colorized version? I saw only black and white. You know, I, I only do, black and white. I do love that scene. He yeah. was almost hugging his kid in a way that was borderline uncomfortable for the kid, and the kid knew something was wrong. But 
dad was clinging to that child like that was his lifeline. Yeah. It was the it was the last pure innocent good thing that he could touch. Yeah. Because yeah. everything else had just had had gone horribly wrong and it looked like it was gonna get worse. Mm-hmm. And and then there's, you know, this pure child and he just it's like I'm hugging on to that because that's it. That's my grasp on reality. Yeah. Pat Patrick Albanese is my guest, uh, even though he's really just my friend, but he is what gets me started on Mondays because I always like to start the week on a slightly lighter note. I know a merry heart's like good medicine, and I hope uh, after a, a week uh, of a weekend of activity, you're ready to start the week. And maybe you've had a hard day. You're driving home. Maybe you're going to have a smile or two on your face. And it's certainly what I hope. As uh, Patrick and I talk a little bit about Give Hope for Christmas, which is a, a program that we're doing right here at Faith Radio. And this other lovely nomination came in, Patrick. Um, uh, please pray extra for uh, Christmas miracles for this little widow. I'm standing on his promises, bordering on homelessness soon. Yet the daily Ooh. countdown clock we fear in our humanness is ticking loud for me. But his love, hope, and promises pound even louder in my heart this Christmas. I lost uh, my work from home, remote job of 14 years, though no fault of my own. I received a beautiful letter of recommendation, the best I've ever received. The job market has really changed. If you don't know someone these days, your resume gets lost in the shuffle of thousands applying. Well, I know our Lord and you, precious ones, we walk by faith, not by sight, right? I'm trusting you for your seemingly impossible, possible in life with his miracles. I'm trusting in him like never before, knowing he will never leave us nor forsake us. So what a beautiful sentiment in the midst of incredible uh, difficulty and and crisis in life, standing on the faith and foundations of what uh, God promises. Do you you want to know, I I think you're like me in this regard. Asking is tough. Um, You know, asking for help sometimes is really tough. And, and, you know, if somebody's in a position where they say, I'd really like to nominate myself, I would say, do it, do it. Absolutely. Do it. Do not, uh, do not be worried about doing that. If you're in that position, I, I think I've told you the story. I don't know if I've told it on the radio, but you know, as I flew about 12, 13 years ago, ran into, it was just the, you know, the juggernaut of everything happening. And we, my wife and I were in a very tough financial bind, two little babies and, you know, uh, work was hard to find and um, a lot of things were going on. And I reached out to my brother and it was tough. And uh, I don't even know why it was tough. I don't know why it felt so hard to say, I need help. Mm. Um, And... uh, it was. It started with a carefully crafted, you know, text message about want to talk to you about something that you may have that I could use. <laughs> no, it, it was just wanted to talk to him, and uh, it, you know, it became the most effortless thing. He said, "Well, of course, absolutely, I, of course, let's go." Yeah, you know, I'll I'll wire you, and and um, and and really, the stumbling block was me. The stumbling block was me being afraid to ask. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was fear that he would say, I can't help you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know, never liked you. <laughs> yeah. You were always, you know, the, you were the younger brother that, uh, you know, followed me around and wanted to be like me. Well, you know, but, 
I, it ended up working out, of course, and I would I would certainly encourage anybody if if you're thinking, well, I'm the person that needs to be nominated, we'll do it mm-hmm. absolutely. Nominate yourself if you're in a position because I, I love this. I think you you've told me in the past when you've done this, so many people get helped. It's yeah, just beautiful. Yeah, and when your brother opened up uh, so generously and helped you, uh, I know that you were you felt so loved and so cared for and. There's not a lot of lifelines we have in this world, but if you are in the community of faith and you are in God's uh, family, you should have a lot of lifelines. We should all be doing our very best to help one another as best we can. Yeah. I mean, you know, tragedies can be, befall anybody. Is that a proper use of befall? I'm not sure. I'll, ask, I'll ask Wyatt during the break. I think that's probably what okay. I need to do. Let me take a break. I'll come right that's... back. Patrick Albanese is my guest. Uh, we're talking about Giving Hope for Christmas. If you know someone you'd like to nominate, head over to MyFaithRadio.com and you can do it there. We'll be right back. Oh, there's so much sadness and desperation and loneliness, especially at Christmas time. It seems to me that there is almost like a big magnifying glass on the world and we see problems just magnified, and we see people in their desperate situations almost worse than ever. But there is something we can do about it. And when we think of the story of Jesus, that is the story of hope. And if you have a story to tell, and you can give hope to someone this year by sharing their story, we want you to do it. You can go do that at myfaithradio.com. I encourage you to do it. Welcome to the show. I hope you had a great weekend. I was like starting off with my friend Patrick. Patrick is a performer and a very funny guy. I say that reluctantly because every time you say, Patrick, you're really funny, say something funny. It's always the kiss of death. So um, Usually, well, you know, I am at, I'm in an uh, old TV building right now. And actually, I found an old office. And I'll tell you what's funny. Some <laughs> of these offices haven't haven't been used in years and i'm looking at there's a piece of paper scotch taped scotch tape if you remember that stuff i do to the desk with uh all of the contact people and there's walter cronkite (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's pretty old if you were if you're wanting to get a hold of walter cronkite i i have his extension yeah (laughs) and it starts with letters clear brook nine We're, we're again, the other day, the other, uh, go ahead. I I was just going to say, you know, because sometimes you think you're getting old. And the other day I I go into the grocery store to buy some groceries and the music they're playing is Led Zeppelin. And I think to myself, this is great. And then I think, well, maybe it's not great because if Led Zeppelin is considered music for grocery shopping, though, I've gotten too old. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is that good or bad? I think it's bad. When I heard the song, uh, We Built This City on Rock and Roll, done by Muzak, yeah. I thought, nah, it's over. <laughs> no, well, they were actually playing the actual Led Zeppelin. <laughs> oh, they were? It wasn't even done in Muzak still. No, oh, okay. Thought, okay, this could be good, or they could say, this won't offend anybody. This is kind of soft. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> funny. Funny. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So here's another one, Patrick, and our uh, Give Hope for Christmas. Um my sister, this is her, she, she is lost, hopeless, yet prideful, a mask outwardly, and maybe showing her love 
for Christ will reach her and allow heart surgery to happen. Uh, what, you know, what an amazing opportunity we have. I have always said that, that life around Christmas or, or big holidays, it's like somebody puts a big magnifying glass on your life and everything seems bigger and everything seems, um, like you are looking at life in a slightly different perspective. And this is a great opportunity to reach people with love. The room gets small, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Your world gets pretty small. Um, and uh, you, you suddenly, you, you, I was watching a, a video earlier that you might have sent me. And you, and the same thing, the same realization we all come to. You say, you know, you get to a point in your life where you're most likely not going to be saying, I wish I would have spent more time at the office. I wish I would have you know, built a bigger house. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. Um, it will always boil down to your loved ones and the people that had an impact on your life. And this is a great way to have an impact on, on people's lives. Well, and there's kind of a fun anonymous thing to it too. People get nominated. I know, but maybe they, do they know that somebody nominated them? No, they don't. They, Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, it is sweet. It is sweet. You know, whenever, whenever we can, you know, just do something in the most loving way and, and do it um, quietly. I think it's really sweet. Now, obviously, if you're sending in submission to a radio station, it may not be absolutely quiet, but um, it, does, it does create awareness that there's a lot of people with a lot of need, and maybe it heightens our own awareness of people that are in our own circle of influence that might be in a situation of greater need, and we can be more sensitive to what's going on around us. Yes. That sounds rather fun, to be honest with you. I know that's a weird word to use for it, but uh, it's, you know, I can't pass a Salvation Army bucket without, you know, throwing whatever I have in there. And I, I cannot get over how that little, that little moment, you say, I just, I feel better. <laughs> I don't know why I feel, yeah. why does that make you feel better? Because God wired us that way. God wired us to be other-centered, yeah. not self-centered, and uh, I think that's the difference. That's where that's where our sweet spot is yeah. when we're we're making time and doing and giving sacrificially and loving others. Um, you know, Jesus yeah. breaks it Plus, down, makes it simple: love God, love each yeah. other, and if we can love one another um, in this day and age, we're doing good. Uh, plus, the, the you know the donations in in that bucket are anonymous. Yeah, they are, you know. Yeah, I mean, I put my name on the money. <laughs> <laughs> Compliments of Patrick Albanese? Yes, donated by. <laughs> you know, I don't know if anybody's going to read it. I use a big, you know, one-inch thick Sharpie just in case. Yeah. What, uh, what level of cynicism do you have for charitable giving? Do you sometimes feel cynical? Like, I wonder if the money I'm giving will get to the people that need it the most or... Do you just go, I'm not going to analyze that. I'm just going to give. Um, I, you know, I can't decide if I'm getting worse or better okay. in my, in my twenties. I, I once conducted, I think you might call it a cynical experiment. Uh, I took a small amount of money, $25 and I donated to a couple of different charities. I think there was a tsunami or something going on. So it might've been red cross and some of these other ones. But it was only $25. And in the donation, the cynical part of me, I spelled my name differently. 
in each one of the donations I sent in. So, you know, I might be Patricio, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I think I might have sent one in as Peabody Pueblo. As you know, that was my uh, my brothers called me Peabody Pueblo as, yeah. a, as a kid. Uh, and the cynical part of me did that because I said, well, I want to see. Is my money going to, you know, good causes being used or is it being used just to, to market to me? Mm-hmm. And I got discouraged because over the next... 30 years, I, I think I still get some Peabody Pueblo <laughs> letters. Listen, you guys got to let this go. Mm-hmm. But um, I, uh, so I, I think I was cynical back then, even though I wanted to help. Mm-hmm. But I, there was a part of me that said, well, I want to make sure that, the, that, that I'm helping and it's going to the person. Obviously, you know, if somebody were donating, I don't know how the funding for this program where you nominate somebody, I don't know how that works. But, um, I mean, I can ask why, because I certainly don't know, but, um, I don't think he knows either. Yeah. But the, yeah, the beautiful thing is, is that, uh, what anybody, if somebody donated $10, the $10 is going into it, right? Not a dollar 50 and $8 and 50 cents in administrator costs. Mm -hmm. So I think with charity, I used to have that cynicism. And as I've gotten older, I try to just find things that, you know, are a little bit more open. I know my churches, the books are open. You can see everything they do with the money. They say, here's this money. We do this for this cause here, this for this cause, this for this cause. These We have operating expenses. You know, uh, we've got to pay for the pastor's Hyundai. It's 32 years old. You know? <laughs> so it's got some upkeep. He drives a very modest vehicle. But, but um, so I, I don't know if that means I'm still cynical, you know, because I, I guess I just, still look for the kind of things I said, well, I like donating to that cause. And I, I like, you know, I love faith radio, but I, I think everybody that donates to, to faith radio knows exactly how the money is used. It's, it's why you're on the air today. Yeah. And growing and why you can expand and reach people. Yeah. And we're very, very frugal over here. You know, I think I've mentioned this to you before. They showed me where the first aid kit was, but I was told I was not allowed to use it. Oh, that's (laughs) I <laughs> because if I took a band-aid, they'd have to replenish it. So that's that was a no-no. Yeah. Well, now, I always thought, I was under the impression they had, uh, it was a coin-operated first aid kit. <laughs> <laughs> and just made sure you, you had to have a pocket full of quarters. Yeah, well, so, wouldn't be I a bad idea. Be, yeah. But there was, I like that. There was a, a school in Las Vegas that was really geared towards students who were at risk, and they asked if they had... Um, w- wanted to submit a, a a request for gifts because there are so many underprivileged kids there. And I think there were 900 kids and they asked them what they would like and why. And it was really quite tender, quite sweet. Uh, things like they would say, um, I would I would like, uh, you know, some food so I won't be hungry or I would love a pair of socks so my feet aren't cold at night. Um, and you start to think, wow, there's a, a lot of kids um that need help and a lot of people that need help. So anyway, whole point is it's lovely yeah. at Christmas time. We can be reminding ourselves uh, to be other centered like you are all year round. Everyone who listens to faith radio, I, I promise Patrick are really other centered because that's why I think this ministry yeah. is, is so beautifully funded and has so many generous people that say, I love what you're doing. I want to be part of the listener supported faith radio family. So I'm overwhelmed with the generosity, but then 
because I, I think that's who people are that tune into faith radio. They're other centered. They're not self centered. Yeah. And I, but this particular program is kind of nice because you see the direct impact. You know, I'm sure that uh, when you've done it in the past and then you you know, somebody gets that visa card. Uh, I, I, I don't even know if emotionally I could be the guy handing those out. You know, I can't do the Ed McMahon Publishers Clearinghouse thing. Yeah. I think it would be hard for me because I think you'd see a lot of tears. I don't do well with that. Yeah. You know. Say, I, I heard uh, that you found a way to cut your grocery bill in half. How'd you do that? Oh, it's it's really simple. I don't. I buy um, um, sixty-two percent fewer groceries. <laughs> so that's. <laughs> I think that's the proper math. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> so that's kind of one way to uh, to cut your grocery bill in half. So that's that's good thinking. Yeah, it's well. You know me. I'm a thinker. I know you are. I am a thinker. Yeah. Wow. Well, always. Uh, so, you know, I, I was noticing too, uh, and I don't know, this is another thing of getting older. I'm starting to make noises when I drop things, not when I bend over to pick them up. I've realized I now make precursor noises to the noise I'm eventually <laughs> going to make. <laughs> so, if I drop something, I now make a groaning. So, I'm like, ugh. And, and, and my wife will say, Are you okay? I said, Well, no, I've got to bend over to pick that up. And that's just my warm, that's my warm up noise. <laughs> Yeah. So you make you make a bigger groan when you pick something up, but you you get a starter groan before you even bend over to pick it up. Consider it stretching. All That's right. my stretching. All right. Yeah. Well, uh Patrick, as always, thank you for uh helping us get started on a lighter note. I appreciate you and I hope you have a great week and I'll talk to you next week. Same time. Same talk channel. To you next week. All, All right. right. Thanks. Thanks. Patrick Albanese has been my guest and friend to get things started. I hope you had a wonderful weekend and I hope you've had a great day. And if you're just getting in the car from a long day at work, I hope you had a smile. And we're going to take a break and come back with the Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles is on his way. He just sent me a text going, I should be there in the next two minutes. So Wyatt and I might be carrying the, the ball for the first five minutes, but I'm sure David will be here. We'll be right back with lots more in just a minute. It's time for the Monday Afternoon Mix. And here we go. Pastor David Miles walking in the door, Wyatt M. and me. We're going to talk a little bit today about Luke chapter 2, and I would love to read a little of it with your permission. Wyatt, do I have your permission? You got my permission. Go for it. All right. Uh, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her first son, her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on peace earth to those on whom his favor rests. Hey, David. Hey, Bill. I was just reading Luke chapter 2. I assume you knew that. Knew it. And what a wonderful passage. And you know what? I love how you, or Luke the writer, uh, ends that part. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And, you know, the need of peace today... Oof. you know, is, uh, is profound. And, um, you know, walking in, having to spend some time talking with some young middle schoolers and sharing my story of unpeace mm-hmm. that led to a failed suicide as a sophomore in high school. Yeah. And, and then peace that came from Christ that allowed me to be here today. And as with these guys, I'm happy to come and speak to schools and talk with kids because right now, our, our mental wellness among teens as well as adults is evident of the lack of peace uh, in this world. And here we're coming into Advent where, you know, these, these messengers said, hey, good news. Not, not that there's a sale, not that there's Cyber Monday, um, but there's the gift of peace. Yeah. It's the greatest news, greatest news in the history of mankind, right? Amen, Wyatt. <laughs> Again, here, here's Wyatt with the wisdom. I'm telling you, I love it. Yeah, bring it. I mean, that was an easy one, though, right? I mean, everybody <laughs> should everybody should know that. I mean, that story. How about the shepherds, though? I know we can talk about something else if you guys want to, but I just want to take them for a second. It says, Bill, you read they were terrified. Terrified. Wouldn't you have been terrified? Absolutely. You have no idea what's going on, but then... You see these angels just come down. Everybody starts praising God. Just what a picture. I just imagine myself in that field and what that would have looked like that night, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. It'll be awesome in heaven to talk to some of those shepherds. Mm-hmm. Let's just tell me of your experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Omit no detail. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, like, and one of the things, too, is being faithful to Scripture, us reading this in its context, because if we don't do context, we're inclined to proof text. If we're not doing proper exegesis, taking from God's word, we want to do eisegesis and put into God's word. Mm-hmm. These shepherds were outcast. I mean, they were, you know, shepherds were not like the people that you were inviting to the party all the time. Mm-hmm. All right. And so they're out in the field by themselves. And even the fact that the chapter two opens up, that a decree went out from the head honcho, Caesar Augustus, and people were, you know, this big census. And here God is working in the little ways with Joseph and Mary and a little baby born underneath, you know, Roman uh, Roman dictatorship, mm. the colonization of Rome over uh, this period and this point of people. And who does the angels come to but these shepherds? Mm-hmm. David, is it is it for discussion that, that we sometimes cast shepherds as outcasts. When I think of Moses was a shepherd for 40 years in Midian, David mm-hmm. was a shepherd. Um, certainly these are people of incredible significance. Yeah. Um, 
I don't, I don't know if I've, I mean, I've always believed on some level they were uh, more lowly, uh, but I also think that, that there were some very prominent uh, people in biblical history that were shepherds as well. Yeah, there were definitely some people who were, you know, that had many flocks and, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, the patriarchs, Moses, um, and then you kind of see this this interesting thing that begins even to happen later on, like in Amos chapter 7, you have Pekaniah who gives Amos a hard time about being a prophet or a seer, and Amos says, I'm not a prophet or the son of the prophet, but I was a herder and tender to fig trees, and God told me to go prophesy. So maybe early on mm-hmm. there was that, um, but then as it began to make its way, um, as it went along, that they were, in some sense, there was some relegation. When you look at the socioeconomics, too, of that period of time, um, we, you know, most people were subsistent and poor, and some were really struggling. So uh, I would say that you're correct, and I love you bringing that up. Mm-hmm. And then, again, looking at the context of the time, of where it was those many, many, many years after the time of the patriarchs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but can you imagine the the Mary holding this little baby that just came out of her body, and it's God? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just stop and think about that for a second. I, I, How do you comprehend it if you're her? I can't, because you know the angel told her. I know, but but even after it happens, you're thinking to yourself. This is the savior that I'm holding. I know. Uh, yeah, it's remarkable. Every time uh, a, new, a new mother is holding their baby, the the love connection is so overwhelming; it's palpable. You can just walk into a room and you can just go, "Oh boy, is this is there a love fest going on?" Right? <laughs> right. Now you're not only do you have a love fest going on because of this baby you just gave birth to, but you're holding this baby in your arms, going, "This is God." Yeah. Oh. And she was charged, her and Joseph, with protecting. The Savior, yeah, as a baby, yeah. Think about that responsibility. That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why it says in First Peter um, one twelve, you know, when it says um, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves. These are the people writing scripture, uh, but you, in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Like, I think that's, you know, when it talks about the mystery of salvation, it is utterly, I think it's even more mind-blowing and however you want to say, dimensionally blowing or whatever it is, than even we can imagine now. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, unerring, unsinning angels long to look into the mystery of salvation of how we got saved. And it does seem kind of baffling, like, God who made all things became a baby. I mean, like, that's just like... I mean, like, how many of people, when they get some degree of power or authority or things or desire to be king for a day, actually revert and flip the opposite direction? I know. I know. And then not to mention, when Jesus starts his ministry with his first act of divine miracle, he solves a catering problem at a wedding. Yeah. Talk about meeting needs. He did that from start to finish. 
Well, I have, always meeting needs. I happened to see this the other day, and this just popped into my head that Jesus did the ultimate undercover boss that there ever was. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Good point. I mean, like, <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a very funny uh, observation, but I, I like that because it's, uh, it's true. But Jesus was always meeting needs, and he never stopped. I mean, I think of uh, the night that he was betrayed, and he restored... Uh, the 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 era uh, on on Malchus, uh, how he ever he did that is amazing. But he's about to face the worst twenty four hours of his life, up all night, kangaroo courts, mm-hmm. then the most most amount of pain a human being could endure. Mm-hmm. And yet, at the beginning of that night, he does something for somebody else. Right, it's crazy. It's always meeting a need. So if you have a need. Jesus will meet it. Yeah, and I want to back up to something because, like, one of the reasons why we're wanting to tap on this is because, you know, the term, the the curse of the familiar. Yeah. And sometimes we can just come into this like everyone knows. And, And, like, for some people, what we're talking about today and for our listening family, there are people around us that the conversation is like the angels showing up to the shepherd. mm All right, you're listening to the Monday Afternoon Mix, Pastor David Miles, Wyatt M., and yours truly. We're talking about Luke chapter 2 today, and I love the gospel story. I love what we learn about the birth of Jesus, how beautiful, how amazing. So we're going to continue that when we come back. Hi there and welcome. If you are a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome packet gift. Request yours today at MyFaithRadio.com. I'm back with the Monday Afternoon Mix and we're mixing it up today. We're, well, not really, we're, we're mixing it up. Not, not really, right? We're always mixing it up. We're, We're always mixing it up, yeah. We never <laughs> know who's going to talk next. That's the mix. The mix. We always look at each other and kind of blink, like, who's, <laughs> who's talking next, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to sum it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sometimes when we mix, yeah, we were kind of like, let's, let's roll with it. Because like, sometimes life is so, so planned out mm. that we, we lose the authenticity and the, you know, the non-professionalness of things, mm-hmm. you know? And we're, at the end of the day, like, we are... It's like what the uh, disciples said, uh, Peter and uh, John said in Acts 5. We're ordinary people who met an extraordinary God. Amen. So like, so like that important thing and us being those ordinary people who met an extraordinary God during this time of year where people really are looking for peace mm-hmm. and good news. Yeah. And I always want to be super uh, careful because I care so much about everyone listening. And I, I love you and I care about you. And I want to be so intentional with the words that are spoken on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, because you've temporarily or regularly have given me your attention, which I'm amazed that you do that. So I'm so grateful. Yeah. Because there's a million different stations you can be listening to right yeah. now. Yeah. And that's a great clarification. So we're not either or, either we're super everything's planned that there's no room for this to not be 
or we're just not planning. Believe me, guys, as a person who comes in here um, and that, you know, having the privilege to be a part of the Faith uh, Talk Radio and the KTIS Family Radio, the amount of care and preparation and work and excellence before the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that Bill Wyatt and so many other people, and they're not going to say that I get to see it and even get to experience it. It is truly a privilege and honor to be able to serve you, mm-hmm. not just be a part of it, but to be a part of serving and ministering to you. Mm-hmm. I love looking at Joseph, obviously, who is a man of great faith, also entrusted to care for the young Jesus. And you can imagine what they were going through and giving birth and laying this baby in the manger. And Joseph, did he ever look to the stars and scratch his head and going, I thought she had favor with God. <laughs> yeah. Look at our situation. It's a stonable offense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, uh, they're, 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 they were roughing it a little. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, again, it's, it's trusting that God's, God's will will be done in his way and his perfect timing. Yeah. And you know, we don't even, um, the place that they end, ended up at, there's no place in the end. So they end up in a manger. And like to this day, no one knows the manger owner's name. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the ways that we're allowed to serve other people. And here's the thing, sometimes not even realized because the angels showed up to the shepherds. Or, you know, when the star was over, did, did the did the manger person get to sit there and say, wow, you know, I thought I was tricking this person in and didn't realize it was this, you know, which comes back to the words, I think it's Peter or Hebrew where it says about showing hospitality because you don't know whether you're entertaining angels. Yeah. Well, and did the person know, like you said? Yeah. The, the, you know, manger owner may never have known. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got a whole discussion on that. We can talk about that later. <laughs> oh, look at that. I see the yeah. wheels turning. <laughs> well, uh, well I, try to, I try to almost do this once a year when we talk about this. There was a kind of a very interesting uh, book, and I've talked to uh, some scholars. So we've dissected this evening. Really? Uh, and it's been fascinating, yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'll, I'll send you the document that, I, that I, learned, uh, I learned it from, but it is fascinating. I mean, when you read things like... Uh, David and, and Wyatt, when it says things like he went to, there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. So it sounds like, were they there several days? And then all of a sudden Mary said, oop, I think it's time. While they were there. That seems to indicate to me that they had arrived and were... Uh, settling in. And then Mary said, okay, it's time. I think we all have this idea that the night they arrived was the urgent need for her to give birth. I don't know if I see that in scripture. No, that's a great point. And that's part of my analysis I do. (laughs) Uh, once a year, which I'll probably do. Why we'll have to schedule that. I say that was a quick tease that you just gave us. A little bit of a tease. Yeah. 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 Well, it shouldn't come as a shock to anybody that the birth of our Savior is fascinating, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not, no, it's not an ordinary event. It was never intended to be an ordinary event. Yeah. So true. So true. I think one of the things that you're hitting to, Bill, is the importance, even in this season, as, you know, some families will read the story. Mm-hmm. 
But that whole thing again of us slowing down oh, yeah. and really, really taking in and savoring and asking questions. I mean, like sometimes I'll say, like we could only imagine. Actually, I can't imagine. <laughs> I mean, like I'm yeah. not a, you know, first century Joseph sitting here with this woman who's pregnant that I'm betrothed to and. You know, all these different dynamics and going to register and like, how do you register? Like, is this your wife? Well, kind of betrothed to her. Okay, what's the bump going on there, bro? Right. I mean, like, (laughs) I mean, like, there's just, there's so much. You think they talk that way? (laughs) (laughs) What's the bump going on there, bro? (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I do a check on that, would you? I will get back to check you. I'm, fa- I'm fact checking you, Dave. And, and Aramaic. See <laughs> yeah. if it's bro, the original bro Greek. <laughs> Is that a bump there, bro? See if that's in the Greek. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, I love this story. Uh, I love reading it. I, I never tired of hearing it. I, I love that this is the announcement that Jesus left this elite status of heaven and came to earth to save us. And he came in the form of a little baby. Yeah, that was crying and needed to be changed, and desperately needed his mother. <laughs> That's just amazing. I get so just blown away on this when you know thinking of Colossians one that you know Jesus is the invisible God of which all things are held together, created by Him. Um, you know for. By him, all things were created in heaven on earth, visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, ruler, authority. He's before all things, and all things are held together. He's the head of the body of the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, that everything in him might be preeminent. And it's like all those things are true about him, and he became a baby. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. All right. We're going to take a little break. Thank you, David Miles and Wyatt. We're going to... Uh, sign off from the Monday Afternoon Mix and head over to uh, our friend Ace Collins, who's written many books on the holidays and Christmas and the traditions behind them. That is all next. I promise you're going to be really uh, amazed to hear these stories behind our traditions of both uh, songs and, uh, and traditions. Be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.